At the dawn of humankind's third age, the last of the Babylon stations was constructed. Its narrative captured the attention of many fans in the 1990s. While some of it was what we had seen before, the overarching story was unique and compelling and something we had not seen from American science fiction on television. Babylon 5 is a five-mile-long self-contained world. Throughout its story, it's a dream, it's a port of call, it's a beacon, and it's a dangerous place. But it's also the galaxy's last, best hope for peace and victory. As one chapter of its story ends, another begins. This is about how Babylon 5 endures. And it's time for Babylon Squared again. Hi, everybody. Meow. Meow. <laughs> Mona is a cat girl. Yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Do you have the little ears? Uh, I'm sure I can find them. They, they gotta be around here somewhere. Oh, so you do own them? I mean, who doesn't? I also have I a gadget costume from Rescue Rangers. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. So, I think there was a surprise. Um. So. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned a couple, three weeks ago, whenever it was that I mentioned that uh, I had made an order for uh, B5 books, right? They were pushing out all of their physical stuff, trying to get it all all out and gone so that they could just focus on like print on demand and digital so that they didn't have to ship stuff anymore. Well, I got my yeah. stuff this week, right? And it was, it was the... Uh, <sighs> sort of the rough draft of the b5 encyclopedia one volume it's called the team zothras data crystal and it's got like every entry including the non-canonical stuff in it and then Ooh. um artifacts from beyond artifacts artifacts from beyond the rim which is just like sort of a, a mishmash of various interviews and things like that it, it's it's a pretty good volume and then um, a chronology book, which brings together two of the major historical chronologies that have been available for years and cleans them up. And you've got a full chronology of B5 and Crusade. Well, what I didn't realize was they were also like sending off other physical things that they wanted to get out and they had these little, these little um, sayings on cards, for example. You know, like a Garibaldi quote, and a Sheridan quote, and a Lanier quote. Um, they also sent signature sheets. Right? So, oh. you know, when, when, when you do, like, mass signatures with various folks including authors you don't get an entire like stack of books they send you sheets right and with okay. the authors they'll usually send you sheets and then they bind the sheets into the books that are being sold as signed or um you know with with like actors um they'll have they'll have these little 
like index card size sheets that they'll sign, right? And then they'll they'll put those in frames with pictures and you know photos and things like that. Um, the two signatures I got were Stephen First and Mira Furlan. Oh wow. And I just sort of stared at it. Because <laughs> it's like, wow. Um, really cool. Really cool. Don't get me wrong. But wow, I never really expected to see either of their signatures you know, show up in my hands sort of thing. Yeah. 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 It was really, really just sort of like I'm you know I'm, I'm pulling things apart I'm like what's in this manila envelope and I pop it open and there's first's signature and then the next day I got the rest of my shipment and there's Furlan's signature and I'm just like okay you guys are just trying to make me cry at this point yeah <laughs> so so yeah yeah, clearly they just signed a boatload of signature sheets some time ago. I mean, she died. She died last year. When did Stephen first die? He died 2014. Um 2017. Okay. So he's been dead for five years. So these have been sitting around since, like, you know, at least 2017. Wow. I just, I was just like, wow. So, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I've been kind of, like, just sort of weirded out by that over the past few days. So... But the books are really cool. <laughs> um, at some point, I'll have to have to make sure that they're with me when I'm recording, so I can show them to you on camera. Yeah. Not that those of you who are listening can see them, but I'll describe them in great detail to you. Well, do you have them on your Twitter? Uh, you know, I have not put pictures of the books on the Twitter, but I have put pictures of the signatures on the Twitter. Okay. So the signatures are there. Um, and I also put pictures of my uh, invisible uh, uh, banana French toast from this morning on the Twitter, too. So, you know, uh, uh, if you go to Twitter and you look for at Joffrey Spurl, G-E-O-F-F-R-E-Y-S-P-E-R-L, all one word. You like Game find. of Thrones. He spells it differently. Joffrey in Game oh. of Thrones spells it differently. Like okay. Joffrey Chaucer, but not Chaucer, Spurl. Got it. Yes. But yeah, um, mm, it's pretty recent. It's, uh, yes, it's from the 8th. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that on there. And then, you know, like I said, I've got the, uh, I've got the, the, um, no, 
why is it? That's oh, not what I meant got it. to send Thank you. you. I meant to send you the exact tweet. Um, there it is. Um, but yeah, this morning I made, uh, I made Batman and Robin's Invisible Banana uh, French Toast from the 1981 DC Superhero Super Healthy Cookbook. I see that. 1981. 1981. Yep. How you was were, it? You were a whole what? One year old? I wasn't even born yet. You were not even born young. yet. That's right. Probably not. Yeah. How, how was it? Oh, I've made it before. It's one, It's actually one of my more favorite uh, uh, French toast recipes. Um, it's invisible banana because you you throw the banana in a blender with egg and cinnamon and you make the, the batter that way because you just liquefy the banana. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's I one just of my... like the picture of the um, signature. They just found that. That's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. That is not something I was expecting at all. So. Oh, and... Um, Gaiman retweeted me this week. Not really Ooh. related to B5. Well, so years and years and years ago, Gaiman, Gaiman's first real collection was called Angels and Visitations, and it has a short story mm -hmm. called Chivalry in it, where this okay. old woman it goes thrifting and finds the Holy Grail. And, okay. Uh, she cleans it up, puts it on the mantle next to a picture of her late husband and this little China basset hound. And uh, lo and behold, who shows up at the door? Galahad. Looking for the Holy Grail. And so the story mm. is, is what unfolds from that. Well, Colleen Doran, who is one of my favorite artists um, and storytellers, she, she's self-published for, goodness, a long time. I mean, she's she's in her mid late fifties at this point, but she has been she has been in comics since she was like fifteen years old. Okay, and um, love Doran, and um, she's got a great relationship with Gaiman, and she's done uh, adaptations of his stories before. And I follow her on Twitter, and a couple of years ago, she was like, "Okay, I'm going to start working on Chivalry." I'm like, "Oh, this is one of my favorite Gaiman stories." So I tweeted out that, hey, my copy of Chivalry arrived, and I listened to Neil reading Chivalry on his CD from the 1990s, Warning Contains Language. And um, I was going to reread Chivalry while I was waiting for the boys at their karate lesson on, on uh, Wednesday, and mm -hmm. tweeted that out, and lo and behold... Neil is retweeting me and Doran is hitting like on it and all that sort of thing. So oh, that's so cool. If you enjoy Neil Gaiman, I cannot recommend Chivalry enough. It's a really good story. I think Doran did a great job adapting it as a graphic novel. It's very light. It's a very sweet little short story. Um, but yeah, yeah, I definitely... Definitely suggest it if uh, if you enjoy gaming. So, what about you, Mona? Anything you want to tell the the 
a, a burgeoning crowd that's waiting for us to talk about a voice in the wilderness? Um, yeah, no, let's go ahead and start a voice in the wilderness. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I like what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you did. Um, all right. Okay. So, do you remember a voice in the wilderness? No, you know, it's been so long since I've seen a lot of these. Yeah. It's just getting to rediscover them as I go through. Okay. All right. So, let's, uh, let's get this started then, I guess. Um, okay. On the count of five, one, two, three, four, five. All right. All right. My youngest son was watching this with me, and he saw some of the graphics on the, you know, from outside of the station and he's like that looks like a computer game <laughs> I'm like well it was done on a computer a long time ago yes this actor looks so familiar like i've seen him in something else i just don't know what i don't know so the planet they are orbiting is showing seismic activity. It was interesting. Both of my sons were watching this first episode with me the other day. And the oldest mm -hmm. one, because the, the pilot of this shuttle that goes out is Asian. And, and my oldest one was like, uh, does he die? <laughs> I'm like, oh man, you're already figuring out the tropes. Now, thankfully, he doesn't. But oh, we have Tolly Winters back. Yes. Now this is cute. Creepy. Creepy. Makes you wonder if if dear old Michael is using his security, head of security clearance for things that uh, he shouldn't be trailing Talia. You think he'd be wiser and more afraid of her than he is. Agreed. Agreed. So now the planet is at them. And now into the credits. So yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, oh man. He's already f recognizing these tropes where minority characters just sort of show up and get killed off. Now, this character does not get killed off, but he does basically disappear. Right. I mean, he kind of, I'm not even sure if he's in the second part of this story. And it's mm. just like, okay, all right. You know, the 11 year old is picking up on these tropes. We really need to do better here. And I'm, I'm not slamming, I'm not slamming uh, 
JMS necessarily in this regard. I mean, it's it's clear from his initial casting that Laurel was supposed to be a major player. And then when the actress decided not to continue on once the series was picked up, you know, that was, that was clear that uh, that was sort of a surprise in that regard. But still, it would be nice to have a few more diverse faces in this in this group like would it be that hard to have a, a, a black Membari or Centauri for that matter I wonder have we ever seen um, like light allergies when it comes to ships I don't know because you know, we have bio ships right yeah that's a good question. <clears throat> That's a good question. It's so, kind of weird that mm -hmm. Ivanova is like, she, she's, she's such a good military person, mm -hmm. but the way having a long braid in the back of her head is definitely not a tactical advantage. No, but she's not, she's not, um, uh, she's not like active duty. You know what I mean? She's, she's And she's the warp of this. She's one, she's 100% the warp. Of Even though Garibaldi is supposed to be doing his job as head of security, she's the warp of this ship. Oh, sure, sure. But she's, she's administrative, right? That's how she sees her role. Oh. Londo, Londo bringing the observations. This is a good episode. This is a good storyline for Londo. Let's put it that way. Sadly, there's no Jakar. At least two episodes. Mm. I want to get one of these Babylon 5 parkas. Oh, yeah, the parka is actually kind of cool. Yeah, that is kind of, but it's still the banded collar shirt. Yeah, because this is the future, friend. Well, if this is the future, I was wearing banded collar shirts in the 90s. So I was in the future. You were ready. You were born ready. And I was Yep, clearly. <clears throat> but I, I, I like this actor. And I don't think we get to see the character again. Which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. Lando is not playing hardball. 
I like the way Delent breaks this down. Mm-hmm. so prescient in terms of the politics of our time the politics of all times and what time has this not been prescient well You've got her signature. I do. Ah, uh, such a loss. She was such a good actress. She really was. Really mm-hmm. underrated. So the planet is sending out a signal. A kid with a new puzzle. How many kids? Do you know who are like, ooh, it's a new puzzle. I'm going to go play with the new puzzle. I don't even remember doing that, you know, in the before times, before the internet. Oh, in the before times. Oh, yeah. Puzzles were like a Friday night activity. Like, ow, we got a new puzzle. What is this one? A hundred and something piecer? Are you going for the 500? I remember those days. my, my, My sister's a big one for puzzles. Yeah, um, you know, puzzles made a huge comeback just before COVID. So during COVID, it oh, was like, yeah, like it's it was a puzzle thing. I've never been huge on puzzles. Never. You should, you should try it again. Yeah. Hey there, it's Drawl. And Drawl is clearly not the third principle of sentient life. This actor is Louis or Louis Turin. Mm-hmm. T U R E N N E. Um, I cannot say oh, cool that feeling. I recognize him from anything but this story. He just looks familiar to me. He might just, um, you know sort of look like another actor I've seen. It's totally possible. I really um, like that greeting we just saw from them. Yeah. The um yeah, that's I don't have we seen that before? I don't think we've seen that greeting before, no. So that's just a different level of intimacy than we've seen from Delenn so far. Yeah, they're they're really close. I mean she's a mentor along the lines of Ducat for her. Um mm. Uh, he's Quebecois, and he was in Mystic Pizza, hmm. and Hellraiser 4. 
That's probably where he's familiar. <laughs> Thank you. I, I think I've managed not to see that one. Galactica 1980. Hmm. Trouble on Mars. That headline is legit so close. Yep. Like, we're so close to seeing that. <laughs> yes. Insurgents. Independence for the Mars colony. And we see... It's very interesting. I mean, Mars is usually either just a simple military outpost or something where they want to... Oh. We've got a ghostly projection. Got an Obi-Wan Kenobi situation. It's true. Got a You're My Only Hope situation. That's true. Help me. I think it is terrifying to float through space, like in a suit, just outside of a ship. Oh, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, so, yeah, what I was saying about Mars is, you know, it seems like if it's not just solely a military outpost, mm -hmm. we always have this sort of push for um for independence right there's always some sort of terrorist group or guerrilla group or insurgent group right something like that mm -hmm. so yep. yeah i find that intriguing well i mean it's 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 sort of um it's something that we always do which is following the pattern of yeah. humanity yeah Find land, say it's yours, and go from there. This decanter. I know. This decanter. Know. The shape of... For those of you who are not watching, this decanter sadly looks that, that Delenn is pouring... I mean, it's probably really grape juice, right? But it's probably some sort of alcohol that she and uh, uh, Dram. Draw, yeah, I think. Draw, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it looks like a crap, uh, crack pipe. I don't know if I'd say that. What would you it say? Just it looks like looks paraphernalia. Like a bong? I think, it just, I think it just looks like paraphernalia. Oh, it looks like paraphernalia. Okay. Yeah. So, Drawl is now explaining that, uh, you know, with the world changing, he doesn't think that they can, that he can continue to, um, he can continue to, to participate, right? That he can continue to offer anything. It's interesting that in Mimbari um, culture, white hair seems to signify old age as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, 
my youngest looked at this and said, oh, so he's old. I'm like, why is he old? He's like, well, his beard is white. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. I said, well, I, guess I think that. I, I, well, I mean, the observation that I made was that I don't think we see any Minbari who have non-white beards, right? Like all of the younger males just have They're no clean beards. shaven. They're clean shaven. Yeah. Um, but Dukat and Dral and, and various other older male Mimbari, their beards are white. So is it possible that their beards are just always white? I mean, I, I gotta say, I had the same observation as your son. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems to me that the makeup here is lending itself towards, you're not going to see a young Mimbari with a white beard. There's yeah. something about this that signifies age, yeah. which is an interesting choice because it's so human. Well, and with with the connection the Mimbari have to humans, spoiler, um, you know, I, I guess that would make some sense too but not but not physiological like the bond with humans is not i mean i'm not sure that i could accept a mingbari's kidney if i needed a transplant maybe you can yeah that's a good question isn't it yeah i mean but she does have to go through a chrysalis before she can have a child she does she does spoiler but um um, but she's able to, right? You're yeah. not going from, like, a frog to a human, right? No, but like a chrysalis, sort of like a caterpillar to a butterfly. First, you have to become a mushy goo, you know, a, a liquid of possibility, and then you re you're rebuilt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Now, dear, dear Mr. Gabaldi, Mr. Gabaldi. He, of course, has somebody on Mars that he has not mentioned before, that he's hung up on, and now he's worried that she's in trouble, that she could be, that she could be, um... Wait, this isn't the same person that was already on the ship that was mad at him for becoming an alcoholic? This isn't, this isn't her? Oh, I don't think so. Pretty sure it's not the same one. This is Elise Hampton. The other one that you're thinking of was... What, which episode was that? I am forgetting. First season, for sure. But I don't remember which episode. Oh, yeah. Well, we, 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 yeah, well, covered, we, it, we covered it. I'm just trying to realize that it's small. It's probably just an automatic moment. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I can't find it. I'm hearing an echo from your side. Oh, an echo? Okay. There we go. I think it's better. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. 
So Londo wants to know what's going on down there. Because, of course, if he knows, then he can get his he can get his people there to lay claim. It's not a line. I'm not giving you a line. Leanna. That's who you're thinking of. Leanna's the other one. Yes. Yep. He just likes those women with the L names. She's on Mars, isn't she? She was on Mars. I mean, that's when he met her. But that wasn't romantic, remember? He sort of, she sort of saw him as like Uncle Michael, Uncle Mike. Yeah. 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 So. But again, this, this is probably one of my bigger issues with most of the first season is we just get these, these random you know, information drops in the episode where it makes the most sense to drop it. As opposed to having, like, these intertwined Garibaldi's still hung up on, on Lise. Well, why didn't he mention that to Leanna? Why didn't Leanna say, you know, Lise is still on Mars, or something like that, right? Just to sort of start threading those plot Building lines. some scaffolding, yeah. yeah. But I think it probably was sort of an afterthought, honestly. Probably. And, you know, first season is always going to be shaky as you're trying to get stuff up and running. Yeah. I love the fact that Talia is willing to help him out here. JMS has been very, very talky on Twitter lately. Um, and he did say, somebody was like, so is it a reboot or a continuation? And he's like, it's a reimagining. He's like, so the new series is going to be much more of a new approach to the whole thing. So interesting I'll be, yeah i'll be curious to see i'm really curious to see where he's gonna go with it now the planet's just firing missiles at it and this really i mean i don't know if jms actually actually pulled it from from there but it really feels like hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy <laughs> Right, when they get to, um, I can't remember, but the planet that makes the other planets. And, you know, it just starts firing at them and things like that. Because it's supposed to be abandoned and dead, just like this planet is.
Now, Ivanova gets one of her one of my favorite lines in a second. Here we go. The B5 mantra. She's great. Yeah. It really does suck that whatever the hell happened with with season five, that she was not there. I gotta say, did you notice that sort of J.J. Abrams almost lens flare in that last, like, space still? That was kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. No, I missed that. Very enhanced. (laughs) all about blade runner now (laughs) it's an old automatic defense system that just happens to have all the fuel and everything that it needs to fire missiles on you Here we go. Now he's going to send, now he's going to send himself off to go get in the thick of everything. (laughs) I never touched the stuff myself. Yeah. He was hoping that was vodka. Yeah. So, Londo definitely um, Londo definitely has a very, very important role in the storyline. But I'm not sure that he's actually growing at all. Not yet. I think Londo's big arc begins when he finally gets what he thinks he wants well that's true yes of course um Whatever it is. (laughs) 
He should have leaned in for the kiss. He really should have. I like this, right, you know, when we're talking about trying to, to thread these needles and scaffold character mm -hmm. development in it, right? This dancer that he married yes. does, when his wives show up on the station, is there, right? I mean, we know exactly who she is. Yeah. Yeah. So now Garibaldi had to pay for Londo's drink. That would have been interesting, right? If they had called back to that in the future and said, you know, we've got we've got a transaction where Garibaldi pays for an alcoholic drink. You should mm -hmm. be in the wagon. Right? Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. And now Londo see the the guy from the surface. We assume from the surface. The Obi-Wan situation. The Obi-Wan situation. And now there we go. Sinclair's in the shuttle. Ivanova's in the shuttle. Right? I'm sorry. Number one. Exactly. In the shuttle with the commanding officer. What? Which is a no-no. Right. All the time. That's never okay. And I get it. You want to give you want to give Ivanova and Sinclair time together in order to have them. They have can't some be in any combat situation together on a ship. No, on a shuttle, absolutely no. not. No. <laughs> on the station, sure. The station's under attack, and the station is under attack later in the storyline. Totally, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We're aligned. This is a huge no-no. But and this... I'm surprised that no one's bringing up. Where's the doctor? Shouldn't he be <laughs> like, hey. Considering the fact that he's got a, a, a exo a biology background? Yeah. And he is in the story too. It's not like it's not like these are two episodes that don't have Richard Briggs in them. Right? These these episodes have Richard Briggs in them. So, but yeah, I get it. You want to give, you want to give Ivanova and, and Sinclair time out there together. I get it. But yeah, no, completely not realistic military wise. You would never seen, you would have never seen Riker and Picard go down together. Not without someone really like throwing a fit about it and it right. being like dialogue that's important to this, the show. Yeah. Right. Or it was something that it was vital that the two of them go. Right. Exactly. Like Injustice, that that not Injustice, but in the episode Justice, mm -hmm. Picard had to go down because they were going to execute Wesley. Right? Right. And 
but like again like those conversations i think are important also so you figure out who on the ship is that voice of reason yeah. who's the voice of reason here it certainly isn't garibaldi <laughs> you will see that later Psychor, psychor, psychor. Not gonna, not gonna believe that Garibaldi already knows that you're there, and you know just wants to use your relay to get in touch with his friend. I definitely do like Talia's outfits. I'll say that. This sort of has an alien vibe to me. Psychor stays styling, and it definitely does. Yeah. We don't usually see them wearing bio suits. This is pretty cool. Uh, it's just it's just masks. Also, like the darkness and then the um, flashlight. Yep. Yeah, it's very yep, cool. Yep, yep. Yeah. Intense music. Right? So we've got sort of an alien vibe here, right? Uh, alien life form, alien corpse, clearly long decayed. But instead of. Instead of. Uh, you know, having to deal with parasitic life forms, Sinclair becomes Indiana Jones. <laughs> right? He triggers the booby trap. And tries to figure out what they need to do to get past the booby trap. So they're going to outrun the booby trap. Jump! Now, what I find interesting is this is the only time, and there are multiple visits to this place this is the only time anybody has to get past the booby trap I mean that's a really advanced security system in it it learns you and now you're fine yeah yeah clearly 
So they've been orbiting this planet this entire time and had no clue. Now, Londo in this scene is a little odd, and you'll see what I mean in a second. And what is it? <laughs> He's been studying the hokey pokey for seven days. A scholar. We've come at a bad time. No, 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 no. <laughs> but why hasn't he asked any of the humans? Why hasn't he asked Garibaldi? Why hasn't he asked Sinclair? Right? I mean, I, I guess that right now they're all kind of busy. I guess. But he's been studying it for seven days. Probably seems like a really simple, like he's just he's just around the corner from the answer. No. So Garibaldi's in charge of the station. on it. Yeah, it may have made more sense if this had been um, the other woman, right? Not if this was some old flame of his, <clears throat> but him trying to check up on Oh, goodness, now I've forgotten her name again. Um, Leanna, yeah. Uh-oh, it's... An earthquake! Tch. 
Garibaldi doing what he does best, emoting. Alright, seeing him again. Definitely enjoying our Obi-Wan moments. And there we go. This guy. It is really, yeah, this dude, it's pretty epic and like beautiful, like the visuals here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is the first really sort of we're getting outside of the station episode, right? We're really starting to get to see what's going on elsewhere. I mean, yeah, we've seen Minbar and we've seen Centauri Prime and things like that, just sort of in passing. But this is the first real time that we're getting actual story beats somewhere outside of the station outside of the station so it's an intriguing biomechanical setup definitely again echoing alien there's also a TNG episode this reminds me of um I think I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name. Neither can I, but I remember visually it's it's very similar. Yep. Now somehow with this guy between them, they've gotten past the rubble from the earthquake and they've gotten past the booby trap. Big. There's a big ship coming through the jump gate. It's. I think this is the, maybe the prettiest episode we've had so far. Oh, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Shall we queue up episode? Well, part two, I should say, not episode two. Yeah, mine's already queued up. Yours is already I'm queued I'm at, up. It's already ready to go. It's already ready. It's already ready. It's already yeah. Ready. All right, so those of you who need to queue it up, I'd say either pause or, you know, bring that up now. A um, Voice in the Wilderness, part, part two. Part two, yes. All right. Shall we uh, start playing this? We shall. We shall. On account of five. One, two, 
three, four, five. And we do get a recap. Right. So. Just in case it's the past and you had to wait a week. Well, and you might have missed it, right? I mean, I mean, it's, it's not everybody. I'm really glad that. Hmm? Uh, let's say what I'm really glad that now that it's the future, we prioritized what we wanted, and now we don't have to wait for commercials anymore. Well, that's we true. don't have flying cars. We still have the common cold, but commercials are almost a thing of the past. Well done, everybody. Well, Good job. Yep, except they aren't. But you know, I mean, but they're all—they're almost. They're almost. Yeah. Well, except for the fact that you know. Tubi makes its money, right? Oh, and, you know, yeah. I'm not knocking Tubi if there are people Tubi's who enjoy Tubi. Tubi's actually really yeah. great. I gotta tell you, Tubi, their variety of what you can see. So Swan's Crossing, this mm-hmm. deep cut, really weird show from when I was a child mm-hmm. is on Tubi every okay. episode. It's amazing. So yes, the cost is to have to like mute it during commercials and do something else for two minutes, but Man, they had like Teen Witch. I think for a while they had Freeway 2, Confessions of a Trick Baby. I mean, they really have it. All right, here we go. This is exactly what's picking up at the end of the first episode here. There's a Tubi's new Netflix. That's all I'm going to say. Tubi's new Netflix. That's fair. So here we go. We get a Earth Captain just coming in, you know, almost ready with guns ablazing. Almost. <sighs> now this dude, I know I've seen him in like everything. He's got a face that like, you know, I've seen him in every series. What has he not been in? Well, I mean. Ron Canada. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this guy's name sounds real familiar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, best known for the series One on One. He was in The Shield. Lone Star. He's been in DC Cab, Adventures in Babysitting, Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Home Alone 2. Um, yeah, his face is everywhere. Yeah. And he's got like a perfect, it's a perfect career where everyone knows your face. Yep. You know, you're a great actor, but no one is going to follow you in a grocery store. It's right. perfect. Like in Beth Davids, for the longest time, she was one of my favorite actors for the same reason. He's been in Next Generation. He's been oh, in yeah, Deep yeah. Space Nine. He's been in Voyager. Yep. X-Files, Stargate. I'm going to be clear, though. Right now, my favorite actor is Michelle Yeoh. Because if you haven't seen Everything Everywhere all at once, I mean, what are you doing? Get there immediately. I haven't seen it because I'm busy. It's so good. I, yeah, but we already talked about that earlier. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. I want to see it. I'll get there, woman. There you go. Ron Canada right there.
Zocalo is available. Whichever space builds a bar, calling it the Zocalo first will make mm -hmm. all the money. Janet Greek is the director on this episode and the other episode. Now, if I remember correctly, she's been a director of Yeah, yeah, she's most she's most well known for directing B5. But she's done Xena and Melrose Place, Max Headroom, Northern Exposure, Crusade. <laughs> so Earth wants to get first dibs on Epsilon. Epsilon Five, is it? On everything, if we're being honest. Well, yes, of course, because Earth is the... Epsilon 3, sorry. Earth is the, the stand-in for the America of the... Exactly. Yeah. It's the America of the cosmos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Prisoner. I, it, the, the language here is very, very impressive. What's the yeah, he's an insurgent rebel. Prisoner. <laughs> right? The patient is in med lab. <laughs> I'm going to glare at you and then storm off. Anyhow, what were we saying about Garibaldi being like the level-headed one? I don't think we said level-headed. I think we said um, not good at his job consistently. Okay, well. I remember that. Sounds like his, his grandfather's American. Yeah, yeah, I think his grandfather probably was American. Yeah, yeah. Garibaldi knows magic. Who knew? Is that a young John Travolta? No. No. It's young John Travolta was young in the 1970s. The 60s. Yeah, 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 even 60s. But the yeah. understated extra to the um like next to Garibaldi yeah. with the amazing makeup. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I we should call that out as just being great. It was great makeup. It for really was. Nothing to happen with that character at all. I know. You wonder if he had a line that was cut. That could be. 
Hidoshi seems like a completely useless liaison. It's just constantly, well, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works in the real world. (laughs) Sure, but, you know, he's constantly, every single time, Hidoshi cannot do anything. It's like, all right, we, we need something to give Sinclair hope that when he contacts Hidoshi, something could happen. (laughs) Here we go. These guys are going to send their ships down to Epsilon. Once again, Sinclair lies to Earth Force. Yeah, in that way, he's um, kind of a spicy captain. Oh, yeah. He does not respect, like, any chain of command unless it's his own. Yeah, I mean, in that regard, he's very much like Kirk, I would say. Yes. Yeah. Very much a cowboy. Yeah. And then Ivanova is much more the level-headed, we-need-to-follow rules and regulation. (coughs) Excuse me. That's a cool water bottle. Oh, thank you. It is. No paid promotion here, folks, but this is a Hydra flask. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I've had it for a couple of years now. And uh, it's been beat up a little bit, but it, it's it's survived well. I had to replace the top because it took a really nasty spill one day. But, but the bottle itself is fine. So now we're worried about the station going up if... The planet continues to break apart. All right, they brought the guy back. Uh, what is his name? Varn. I don't think they've said. I don't think they've named him in the show yet, but his name is Varn. They haven't, just the patient. Yeah. So they brought him back, and he was probably keeping the planet from falling apart, and now the planet is really starting to fall apart since it got attacked, or at least it sensed an attack from the um, Hyperion fighters. (laughs) 
<clears throat> Do you think she ever? Boom. Pardon? But doom boom. Can you jump fill? Yes, because we're Russian. I don't understand why Jakar is not in this episode. <laughs> she gave you a straight answer. Boom. But yeah, yeah, I, I, why is Jakar not in this, this storyline? Why is, why is Kosh not in this storyline, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is an important storyline. It really is. It is. It is. They still make pizza. Now, where's the motorcycle? And I know. Right. So Garibaldi once again has done something completely stupid. Your job. <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do, Michael. Do your job. Boom, boom. <laughs> this is the one woman who's ever made, meant anything to me, and I've never mentioned her until the episode before this one. I, I appreciate the relationship that Garibaldi and Sinclair have. You know, but I kind of think that Sinclair would know a bit more about Garibaldi's background. You know what I mean? I get that they didn't know each other before. Yeah. But, you know, you hire this guy and he's a bit of a question mark anyway. I mean, he clearly you... hired him without a background check. Well, but he knew, you know, they go into it, uh, which episode there, there's the one episode where, where Garibaldi's being investigated 
they go into all that's why i'm saying that's kind of what i'm saying he hired him without a background check oh 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 you mean he knew garibaldi's background and hired him without running the background check yeah got it yeah i don't know The ship's got to go down. Make sure that you push Ivanova in onto a onto a uh, lifeboat. Now this looks like the gathering, right? So we're gonna try and force our way into the into the medical uh, uh, unit. <sighs> Just going to push right in, not listen to the doctor at all. Patience awake. <laughs> they just know exactly when to send. Nominal precautions. <sighs> there we go. Sinclair is threatening to shoot down an Earth ship. So now we've got a bit of a standoff starting up. And now a third member of the standoff.
think this may be the first time that we actually see another ship scan and pick up knowledge that way in mm. this universe. Obviously, we've seen it in Star Trek before. <clears throat> now, Definitely Varn's people. Mm. Wonder how they would move the station if they had to move it to another planet to orbit. You know what I mean? Mm. Was the signal for then? Now, mm. yeah, if the signal wasn't for his other people, who was it for? I don't know if we ever actually get that answered. out give you all the dramatic information that you needed
There you go. So the whole Obi-Wan act is a distress signal sent by the machine. Or at least we think. Mm -hmm. uh, Delenn. Delenn loses more mentors this way. Yeah, she'd already figured out what's going on. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so Londo thinks he's being, you know, kept in the dark on And I, I think Sinclair agrees way too fast there. Talking to the Centauri who did this and that and the other thing. Lando, I, I think you're still a pretty foolish Centauri, just not as young. So interestingly, we get to see Lando prove himself as a pilot. And decent person, sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. You know, I mean, was this, was this Londo being a decent person, decent Centauri, decent whatever, um, but, or is, is he just doing it to do it for the 
thrill or something? I don't know. That is a very purple ship. It's sort of a, a very loosely, like a crystalline entity kind of ship. It is, yeah. It, it, it uh, as you can see, it can separate too. Um, who's piloting that shuttle? It's a madman. <laughs> <laughs> Centauri Starbuck himself. I guess but yeah yeah the the um ship definitely breaks apart the best pilots are usually alcoholics <laughs> i don't know i think so i think starbuck could probably outfly londo but who could drink who under the table that's the question Ooh. I don't know. Are we talking Dirk Benedict's Starbuck or are we talking Katie Sackett? No, we're talking about the Harbinger. We're, so talking, we're talking about Kara Trace. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I don't know that Londo could take her. I don't know that Londo could take her. I think Londo could take Dirk. Yeah, you know, sorry, Dirk. Starbuck. I'm sorry, Dirk. I mean, I, I, I loved you. Because <laughs> it means he's the healthier Starbuck. Right. Um, <laughs> you know. But man, I think I think uh, I think I think Katie Starbuck would have Mondo. Yeah, it's a celebrity death match waiting to happen. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And Londo's not familiar with this ship. He has no idea where the landing thrusters are at. That's part of what makes him a great pilot. Probably. You know, you don't read a lot of books to be a great pilot. You just feel it with your gut. So here's the question. Why haven't we seen more of Londo being a pilot in this series? I mean, because that's kind of the golden ace of it, right? Uh, you know, you don't want to see a great pilot out there every time. You just want to see them when you need them. And you should be getting them out of the bar. I guess. That's just the way it's done. That's my understanding of, of piloting. That's my understanding of how it works. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the new Top Gun movie coming out, maybe maybe that'll um, show us the same. Yeah, which I, I think it will not be bothering watching. But I didn't see the first Top Gun. I'm just very familiar with it. You were pretty young when the first Top Gun came out. I mean, is that really an excuse anymore? Because I can just turn it on right now. Well, yeah, of course, but you know. Uh, I saw it. I eventually saw it. I didn't see it in the theaters. I was not a fan of it. Yeah, I, I prefer friends. my movies to have a, a starship or a ghost in them. Yeah. They got to be really outstanding for me to go outside of those boundaries. Yeah. 
So, has Garibaldi actually come down here to do his job? He thought these were hijackers or tech I mean, this is what I'm going to say to that. So, he, yes, uh, this is a trick question. He did go down there to do his job. Was he competent enough to know that an ambassador had left the ship? Uh, you know, was right. he, I, you know, I don't know. Much less two ambassadors. Exactly. And a patient from MedLab. I think that maybe he could use some help. I'm not going to say replace him, but I don't know why he doesn't have more help. Well, I mean, Zach comes up in what? Next season? Season after? Next season, yeah. The late, great Kaniki. Yeah. So here's what I find interesting. We have the same basic outcome as we had in Grail. Right? I Drawl is basically, basically sacrificing himself here. Oh, absolutely. Right. It's the same essential outcome. Well, but this is a little different. He's sacrificing the ability to walk down the street to become the street. He's becoming the planet. Yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree. But there's still a sacrifice occurring here. That's why we have all this red lighting. And it would have been interesting if, let's say, they had kind of led into this episode from you know, like Grail, right? And had, instead of the guy dying, had him hang out on Babylon 5 for a few episodes and then realize, hey, this is where my true calling is. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of just sort of the ageist route. Yeah. Yeah. Any race, even the Vorlons? Well, you wonder. Probably not. The Vorlons are probably aware of this planet and don't care. Right. Right. Or the uh, also the unnamed species that we've seen like once or twice that aren't bothered by humans. Like they don't even bother to interact with us. Oh, you mean um, that uh, Catherine runs into on that when she goes <laughs> to survey the one planet? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get the sense that that species is even above the four lawns, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So. I just find that sort of blanket statement of any species should stay away from this probably any that we're communicating with yeah any of your friends humans (laughs) yeah yeah the enemy ship is 
crewed by idiots. That planet looks a lot like Arizona. <laughs> I could see that. I've been to Arizona. <laughs> Not knocking Arizona too much. I'm reading The Wood Witch right now. I'm reading a book about Arizona. Well, not specifically about, but it takes place there and it's all about the Saguaro Forest. Mm. Or desert, I should say. But the way they describe it, it's like the Saguaro Forest. Okay. You know, they take 300 years to become full grown. I did not know that. So whenever you see a Saguaro, like it's a serious crime to like, move it. It took 300 years to get there. Wow. I know, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Really kind of changes the way you see the desert. Yeah. So, Varn is going to keep an eye on, on Draw for a while, make sure he doesn't get rejected by the machine. Yep. And then eventually he's just going to, like, drop dead. Yeah. His time has ended. And now his time has ended. Well, I mean, but will the will the planet, you know, properly dispose No longer be in red lighting? I hope so. I'm so glad you brought that up. This is the only reason I wouldn't take this job. The, the lighting. The lighting? You don't like the lighting? It's too much. Too much. I mean, I'm, I'm down to help. But, you know, boundaries. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think we have an important storyline here. Not exactly. just to see what happens with Londo, but we are... But it's a common courtesy to decorate well. That's what I learned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I... I but it kind of reinforces to me again that we've got we've got all of these characters that just pop up for the single story and then yeah. they're gone sacrificial storylines they're only there to get you to the next plot point yeah well i mean cuz i'm sure Varn had an interesting backstory mhm mm Mm-hmm. I agree. What secrets does he know? Will the planet even allow him to live um, and leave? Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Now that it has a new heart to make sure that he doesn't share its secrets. It's, right. There's a lot that could be unpacked there, but they're going to just move on. Well, and now we get to follow up on, you know, Garibaldi's uh, friend. Friend. But again, if this is as important of a person in his life as we are being told she is, there's no reference to her ever again. Not that I They're remember. not even on each other's Facebooks. Yeah. And she does look like um, the other one. Yeah, I keep it. Linnea? 
Uh, we actually just went over her name too. That's yes, horrible of me. Liliana. Yeah, more, Liana. 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 There we go. That's right. Yeah. I, she looks like Liana. Which is not creepy. As fair. Garibaldi. Not as creepy. Fair, but the same eyebrows. Kind of the same hair. I'm married. You left and... So that's what I'm saying. He didn't even have her on his Facebook. Like, it's pretty easy knowledge to get in the future if your beau is married. It's pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that I think would have to... I think there has to be some sort of social network, right? We didn't have social but, networks in the 90s. But there well, in the 90s, we did have Dead Journal and Live Journal. In 94? Not in 94. In 94, there was just bulletin boards, I'm pretty sure. Right. And chat rooms. Bulletin yeah. boards and chat rooms. Yeah. But that's just it. It was still, like, we had AOL back then. It was still possible to yeah. have, like, a social yeah. networking to find out if someone was married or not. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Let me not, let me not lie. We didn't have AOL back then. We didn't get AOL until 1997. Uh, AOL started off... Uh, America Online, 1991. But when when was it in households? Like, legit? Hmm. I'll look in a second. This, I think, is important because Delenn makes a very good point that if she had gone to Garibaldi in Ivanova and Sinclair, Sinclair would have been the one who'd be like, okay, well, we need to go down to, I need to go down there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, hmm, I've got other plans for him. <laughs> uh, AOL was the quantum services a quantum computer services company and online services company. Um, uh, in 1985, launched a dedicated online service for Commodore 64 and 128 users. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was doing it was doing online services in the 1980s. <clears throat> so regardless regardless i'm sure there will be a social network in the reboot reimagining however we want to think of it yeah well what did we think of these two episodes you know really great episodes um i really like how far they went visually it was way outside of what we've seen just in terms of um it's really big and beautiful, thought out. I'm sure it cost them a lot of money for that whole crystalline entity and the planet itself. And right. it's a really good idea. Yeah. 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 I think uh, I think this is a pretty solid story. So, I mean, let's see here. I think the... Oh, oh, I know what the next one is. Is the next one who I think it is? The next one is actually Babylon Squared. Oh, hey, look at that. It's our namesake. We made it. It is. Yay. 
And who's in Babylon Squared? Oh, hey, Lise Hampton is in Babylon Squared. I didn't remember that. Hey, we get a call back. Yay. Yes. All right. But even more important, we get Zothos. Nice. Zothos is cool. Zothos is very cool. He's in like um, he's an underrated character. He really is. And I really hope they use Zothros a bit more in... Um, Wouldn't that be great if he's in the reboot or the reimagining? Because he really could be. Oh, all of them could be at some level, right? But yeah, yeah, I really hope that... Well, I actually remember Zothros being more, like, fantastic than a lot of the other characters. Where in terms of his age, you say they want to, like, put this way, way in the future mm -hmm. from what we know, Zothros could still feasibly be there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, that's Definitely. cool. I, JMS, I hope you listen to our show, uh, and I hope you use our ideas. <laughs> He's actually really insistent on not hearing other people's ideas. So he actually even has it in, like, his Twitter bio. Like, mm -hmm. don't, don't pitch me because I will block you. <laughs> Well, I think that's the joy of him listening to our show, probably, is that we're not trying to pitch him. We're just coming from the heart. Well, this is just the true. truth. That's true. And I also, Neil Gaiman is tweeting you, like he's retweeting you, so probably JMS is listening also, is my guess. I can only hope. Right? I, yeah. I, I can only hope that he's listening to us and enjoying what we're doing. Now, he, he actually does something similar on his patreon mm. so and like months later he'll or weeks later something he'll um take the recording and put it up on youtube but he's he's ahead of us at this point he's i'm not sure if he's in season two or season three at this point but yeah he's ahead of us well we should consider doing like a, a joint episode with him <laughs> Also, I think it would be really great if he considered putting us in the new show. Just as like side background characters hey. that are like making comments in like a radio like format, maybe in the new Zocalo. I don't know. Just pitching ideas, but not pitching ideas. It's from the heart. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, I don't I, I think yeah. Yeah, I, I I could do with being in the in the background of the new Zocalo. I would gladly wear eyeliner and shoulder pads, a hat, whatever whatever he thought was uh, important, I'd, I'd do it. I'd collar button down. Ooh, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think if you agreed to also uh, get a ponytail going on, he'd say yes. Like, he'd come to us. I'm not, I'm, I'm not growing my hair out long again. I'm, I'm... But that's not a no, JMS. That's not a no. That's just, uh, you know, bring us an offer. Oh, you know. <laughs> Give me a wig and we'll talk. So, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I don't think I have anything else to say. I think it's a really strong episode, uh, really strong set of episodes, and you know we're really at this point in the in the the um, home stretch for season one. You know, yeah. I think we've got so we've got Babylon Squared, and then we've got. Uh, Quality of Mercy, TKO, Legacy, and Chrysalis. So you know, I think the only thing 
We only have uh, five only episodes thing... left in season one. Yeah, I think the only thing I want to say about this one is I'm wondering when we're going to stop seeing this ageist trope that the oldest in the group is the sacrifice scene. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. You know? And clearly, right, when we get into the the later seasons and Sheridan is the one who is set up to be the sacrificial lamb. He's not necessarily the oldest, right? Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it it's it's definitely there. Yeah, and even the fact that he comes to Lynn thinking that he doesn't know what he wants to do, you know, and now his watch is ending, what is he gonna do with his life now? And then oh, I know, I'll use the rest of my days to support this planet. It's just, you know, it's kind of like, to me, that trope is played out as um, the mother may not exist unless she is actively nurturing and yeah. caregivering. Yeah. You, you know, like, yeah. yeah Your life is valuable. Your 70th year and your 7th year. Valuable. Yeah. We'll have to see. We will. But, but, first, Zothras. Zothras! Always Zothras. So heart. I am looking forward to seeing Zothras again. Yeah, me too. It's been yep. a minute. It has been. And with that, I don't think I have anything else to bring up today. I think this was a great uh, two-part uh, episode and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, everybody, I think we're going to call it an evening and wish you a good week and... Uh, you know, may, uh, may dreams of Zothras be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Good night. Hey. Bye. Good night. Thanks for listening to Babylon Squared, a weekly Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Your hosts are Mona Lucius and me, Joffrey Spurl. If you're already a subscriber, we're thrilled to have you. Please tell your B5 and science fiction loving friends about us. If you aren't yet a subscriber, what are you waiting for? This podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. Thanks again. We really do appreciate your support. Make sure to tip your waiters.